as a life coach, grief is an important topic that I can't ignore. And it's a topic that I've been wanting to talk about for a long time because, of course, who hasn't experienced grief? So I'll share a little bit about me and then I'm going to give you some tools and tips that can help you to continue to carry on because we've all lost somebody, whether it's a loved one, whether you're grieving a relationship, the loss of a job, or the loss of an idea, or a business, or a pet. We all experience grief in different forms, and we all have our own way of navigating through this. Welcome to Get Intentional with Mary. This podcast is for the busy woman who appreciates working hard and also playing hard. This show will focus on lifestyle, entrepreneurship, wellness, amazing interviews, and what every woman needs to live a successful and fulfilled life. Be sure to subscribe, share with friends, and leave a review. Now let's get on with today's topic. Personally, my first experience with loss was when I was three years old. I remember my grandfather on my mom's side. He died while he was driving. He was a long-distance trucker hauling cargo. This was in Peru. And apparently he fell asleep and went into a ditch, and that was it. And this all happened out of state. And at the time, of course, I was so little, I didn't understand what was going on. But I still remember that. I still remember him bringing cases of fruit, for example, because he would haul produce and fruit from different areas along the coast of Peru. And he would work long hours nonstop and, of course, naturally fell asleep at the wheel and that was it. The second time that I experienced grief was when my grandfather passed away on my dad's side. He was actually such an amazing man. He was somebody that called me his favorite grandchild, would pick me up from home, take me to preschool or kindergarten, stop to get me cookies along the way. He would spoil me. So when I lost him, I really felt that. I felt the loss. I felt the emptiness. And I didn't know how to process it as a child because we didn't really talk about these things. We just continued on as kids. And even though we looked to the adults for guidance and for help, they didn't even know how to process these things themselves. So they were so so focused on themselves that they didn't really understand how to help us emotionally. So a lot of what I had to go through as a kid, I had to learn how to process on my own. So let's fast forward now to the biggest loss of my life, which was the loss of my mom. I was 11 years old and she was only 32. And this happened at a time, of course, when my dad was also going through the grief of losing his wife and being left with three young kids. The youngest one was only about two and a half years old being faced with all of the things that he had to go through, the uncertainty and the financial insecurity, because when this happened, we had to go back to Peru. We had been living in the U.S. for five years. We went back to Peru on vacation. My mom got sicker. They had to enroll us in school. And then before we knew it, she was gone. And there we were, again, kind of left floating. And what I remember mostly about that time is that I don't remember much at all. I remember an emptiness. I remember maybe just being numb. I don't remember the feeling of not having her around. 
all I knew was that I just had to be on for my little sister to, to help take care of her, to help bathe her, clothe her, do her hair. My brother, on the other hand, who was about a year and a half younger than me, he didn't speak for a month. That I remember. He was somebody who already had some sort of mental issue going on at the time. He, I'm pretty sure, had ADHD and nobody diagnosed him. And we never went through therapy. We never went through counseling. Heck, my poor dad had no idea what to do with himself. So there we were. I guess we were being taken care of. We were fed. We were clothed. We had a roof over our heads. So I guess in a way we were okay, but we had lost so, so much. And what happens is when you do not take the time to understand what's going on for yourself, how are you supposed to take care of the people around you? Now, let me tell you about the next time that I experienced grief and how that affected me. It was when my dad passed away in 2007. At the time I was married, my daughter was about three years old and I fell into deep depression. And now thinking about it, when my dad lost his wife, the love of his life, I'm sure he fell into depression and he never showed it. I'm sure he had to work through his own trauma, but he never showed it. He had to be resilient. He had to put on a happy face for his kids. He had to still try to be the fun dad. He had to provide. He had to work. He had to be on for us. He didn't have time to process anything on his own because he had to take care of us. So when I went through the grief of losing my dad, I was married. I had my daughter. If I didn't have them, I would have locked myself in a closet. In a way, they, they saved me from myself because I just did not want to go on, really. He was my best friend. He was somebody that I loved and adored. He was somebody who instilled in me that entrepreneurial spirit. And it was hard. It was hard losing him. So. We go through these things. We go through these situations where we have no choice but to go on because the people around us need us. So I did my best to deal with my own depression at the time. It was something heavy, something that I had to carry. And this was back in 2007. So as I'm recording this, what, 15 years ago, and it took a long time for me to get to a point where I could talk about it without breaking down where I could think about my dad and not break down. You see, losing my mom as a child was one thing. I was young, but I had more time with my dad and I had so many more memories and he was everything to us. So I still remember the sound of his voice. I still remember having conversations with him about certain things. I still remember seeing him every Saturday. If he were around, I wouldn't be teaching classes on a Saturday because Saturdays were our days. I would meet him for breakfast, bring Kiana, my daughter, with me, and we would have such a great time. You know, we would go to brunch, and he would come over. He would play chess with my husband. He was always there. We were always happy together, joking around. But I never really stopped to think about what he may have gone through. As a young widower, he was so young when he lost his wife, and I never stopped to think about how grief affected him, how it affected his emotional state, how it affected the decisions that he had to make later on, and how it shaped him. And that is true. Grief will shape us. And everybody goes through this at their own pace, in their own way. And the funny thing with me is that five years after my dad passed away, my son was born on the same day. 
So talk about a doozy, man. I mean, oof. I remember driving to the hospital that day with my husband because we had a we had a scheduled C-section and it was the only day available for my doctor. And there I am driving April 2nd and I kept thinking this is the day that my son will be born and this is the saddest day of my life. How do I process this? In a way I feel like it was God's way of taking care of me and turning something so sad and so painful in my life to something good, something to be happy about. So I had to be grateful for that, right? I mean, logically, if you think about it, yeah, okay, you had this bad thing happen to you, so here's a good thing, so be happy. That's not how it worked. All was well, but every April 2nd, I would not teach class. I would get a sub. I would kind of like seclude myself at home, not do anything, not want to go anywhere because it was a reminder again. And here's another thing too that I remember doing when my dad passed away. Of course, I got all of these condolences cards. I feel a little bad saying this, but I didn't open a single one because I didn't want it to be true. I didn't want to accept it. Who knows? Maybe there were checks or money in those cards. I have no idea, but I threw them all out. So if you're somebody who's listening and you sent me a condolence card, I'm sorry. I did not want to acknowledge what was happening. That was my way of dealing with it back then. So getting back to April 2nd, it took five years for me to look at that day as a happy day, as a day when I could celebrate my son, as a day when I could enjoy that time and and thank God really for the joy that Sebastian brings me for his little heart, for his sweetness, for his beautiful eyes and the way he looks at me and that beautiful smile that always lights up my heart. So now that I think about it, you know, it is a beautiful thing. It was God's way of having my back and of turning something painful and sad in my life into something beautiful and to give me a boy that resembles my dad so much. He, he's he got a beautiful sense of humor. He loves to cook. He loves cars. He loves trucks. What a crazy ride, huh? And as I'm recording this now, my son is going to be 11 years old soon. April 2nd is around the corner. And I don't look at that day anymore as a sad day. I look at it as a day of celebration, as the day that daddy went to heaven and he continued to dance, the day that He was reunited with his wife, with the love of his life, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I had him for as long as I had him. But it wasn't easy getting here because we go through so many different stages in grief. That disbelief, that shock, that unwillingness to accept that we have lost something so huge in our lives, the anger, the emptiness that we go through. But there's also that other side that eventually we get through. And recently I told a friend that we never stop grieving. We just learn to live with it. And at some point we accept that the person is gone or the relationship is gone or the job is gone. Whatever it is that you are grieving, after you go through all of these things, you come to that acceptance and And you learn to continue to go on. Why? Because you're still here. And when it comes to losing somebody that you love so much, 
you know that they would not want you to be down and depressed and so sad. They would want you to go on. They would want you to live your life and to be happy, to find joy, to smile again. And that's the other thing too, that sometimes when we lose somebody, there's that expectation that we sometimes have of us, of ourselves, where we should be sad. Like we shouldn't smile. We shouldn't be going out. We shouldn't be having fun because we should be sad. We should be upset. We should be grieving. We should be mourning. But I'm here to tell you to just allow yourself to to be okay with smiling again. If you're currently going through some level of grief, you're going to go through different motions. It's like it's like riding a roller coaster. Sometimes the roller coaster is going straight. Other times it goes up. Other times it goes down. Other times it loops around. And when you're faced with whatever emotion comes up for you, whether it's sadness or loneliness or some sort of joy, maybe you see something that makes you smile. Maybe you deep down do want to go see that friend and have a good time and get back to your old routine. Allow yourself, give yourself permission to just be. Don't judge yourself. Don't judge yourself for smiling, for having a good time, for laughing, because we catch ourselves like, oh man, I just laughed. I shouldn't be laughing. I should be crying. And then boom, you go back into it again. So your your mind, your subconscious mind is going to want you to heal and it's going to take you through these motions. But then your logical mind kicks in and you're like, hold on a second. I'm supposed to be doing this, not that. So just allow yourself to be and to accept what comes up for you. And I would say with anything else that you may be going through, with any other emotion that may be quote unquote negative, to give it an expiration date. But with this, you can't because grief and mourning is something that is very individual, something that only applies to you and you cannot compare your grief to somebody else's. For you, it might still be a giant statue that weighs a a ton. For somebody else, maybe it's a little statue that they can put in the front of their pocket and carry with them. But really, we all carry it in one way or another. The thing here for you is to just accept where you are, to give yourself grace and compassion, and to focus on self-care. Because when you're going through something like this, you really have to take care of yourself. I know that you won't want to eat. I know that you will want to neglect yourself, but really, what good is that going to do for you? Like, What positive thing can come out of that? Your body still needs nourishment. Your mind still needs a break from all the thinking, from all the crying. So really focus on taking care of yourself and accept the support that is given to you. There are times, of course, when you're going to want to be left alone, when you might think nobody understands what I'm going through. But really, everybody does because we've all experienced it. And even if we may not be experiencing it in a moment, in the moment that you are, we all know what it's like to go through this. And if you're somebody who's offering support to someone who is currently going through grief, remember how it was for you. Remember that you don't have to say anything. You can just be. You can just hold space for them, hold their hand, hang out in the same room. You don't have to have a conversation. Remember how things were for you. And whenever somebody's going through this, I remember how it was for me and how I completely wanted to detach from the world. So I have to be conscientious of that. 
people are not going to react the same way that I did. Some people may want company. Other people may want to be alone. So just be patient with yourself and be patient with the person that is coming to offer that support to you. And be patient with the person who is grieving if you're the type of person who wants to be there, who wants to offer support. Another thing that you can do as a way of self-care is to journal, to write a letter, to really pour out your emotions on paper. It can allow you to heal a little bit faster. Writing out your thoughts, writing out any special memories that may come up for you because this is the time when a lot of things will come back. If you don't want to write things out, it's okay. It's okay. Not everybody's going to want to do things in this way. But when you're ready, it would be very healing and cleansing to do this. I remember going to yoga class after losing my dad and not being able to meditate back then. Being alone with my thoughts was so scary because I didn't want to feel. I just wanted to act physically. I I didn't want to feel anything emotionally. And I didn't allow myself to just do that. I didn't allow myself to think about things in the way that I should have looking back and taking the time to process my emotions. So naturally, it took years for me to finally get to the point where I could talk about certain things without losing it, where I could listen to a song, for example, like the the, the song that my daddy and I danced at my wedding. Like I couldn't listen to that song without crying, without sobbing. Or one of my dad's favorite songs. If it would come up on the radio and I would hear it and forget it, it was it would throw me back and I would lose it because I never really took the time to process all of those emotions. So I encourage you to do that, to just just practice that self-care, to be with yourself, to journal, exercise, which is something that saved me personally. You see, if I haven't mentioned it before, it was 2007, the year that my dad passed away, that I found Zumba Fitness. And I talk about this in my classes because it was my therapy hour. I remember going to the gym and seeing this advertisement for a Zumba class. It was like a Latin-inspired class. And I was like, okay, you know, I like to dance. So I went to class. And yes, they played some of the salsa songs that Daddy and I used to dance to. And rather than feeling sad, I actually smiled and I felt good. And I thought, okay, this is something I could do, you know, and I went back for more and it was great. And fast forward two years later, now I provide that therapy for people. I'm there to help them through whatever grief they're going through or whatever setback in life they're going through, whatever they're processing, they come, they spend that hour with me. And I'm so grateful that I can do that. So in a way, all of these things that happened with me, they sort of nudged me in that direction, in the direction of being able to help other people, in the direction of me learning how to process my emotions, learning how to really love and accept myself and and practicing all that self-care. All of these things allowed me to become the person that I am today. All of these things have brought me to you, to becoming a life coach to helping so many people on a day-to-day basis and to find fulfillment, really. So looking back at all of these experiences, I look back at them with gratitude. Sometimes bad things have to happen in order for us to find our way. Sometimes we have to lose something or someone in order to gain so much more. 
but we can never replace that which we have lost or that person that we loved so much who is now gone. But we can honor their memory by making our lives mean something, by leaving a legacy. So if you currently find yourself in a specific sort of way, just know that it gets better. And if you find yourself not getting better, I highly advise you to get professional help. There's no shame in that. Talk to a counselor, talk to a therapist, talk to somebody who specializes in this sort of counseling, which is grief counseling. And grief counseling is not just for someone who has lost someone. And like I said before, you could be grieving anyone or any situation right now in your life. You just have to look at it for what it is. And you have to want to get better. You have to want to see the light at the other side, no matter how long it takes you. This is your journey. No one can rush it. As much as people may love you, they can't snap their fingers and have you be the same person that you were before all of these things happen. Because these experiences, they do change us. They do shape the way that we think and the way that we feel. We wouldn't be who we are without experiencing all the things, all the good and all the bad. I just want to remind you of that, to look at your life as a true journey, a journey that started somewhere and a journey that will eventually end because we're not going to live forever. And one day somebody will have to mourn us and grieve for us. And when that day comes, what do you want them to think about when they think of you? How do you want to be remembered? It's all a cycle, really. And I know you know that you would not want your loved ones to, to be so sad and so heartbroken that they can't go on with their lives. I certainly wouldn't want that. So for me, it was important to come through to the other side and to learn how to appreciate that day, that April 2nd day, so that I would be more present for my son, so that I would give him the attention that he needed on his special day. And it just came with time. It came with time and it came with patience and it came with that faith also and that desire to do more, to be more, and to leave something better behind. So no matter what you're going through, I'm here for you. And I pray that this encourages you. And if it does, please share this with someone you love. That is it for today, my friend. Thank you for being here. See you next time on Get Intentional with Mary.